Shut up and sit down. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 5 of Third Shift. I'm one of your hosts, Eric, and with me as always is my co-host, Matt. Matt, how the heck's this week been for you, buddy? That's been pretty good. Uh, you know, got back from my vacation, been enjoying the extended double XP weekend on Battleborn, and other than that, just, you know, getting back to the job that we all love and adore, trying not to uh, choke out any of my coworkers. How about you? Been busy at work, wrapping things up, trying to get ready for this trip. This last weekend, I had a birthday party for my daughter, which I told you guys I was prepping for last week. Went well. She Mm -hmm. had a great time. Uh, She ended up getting a sword, which has already been hidden from her, so doing pretty good. Of course. And if you guys didn't already know, I'm heading to the Great Frontier, Alaska, coming up tomorrow, so we've been packing, getting Mm -hmm. the house cleaned up. Uh, But in between all that, I've been playing some Battleborn, getting back in a while, like I said. It's been a good time. Yeah, sounds great. Yeah, I'm hoping uh, I can have some pics of me finally battling that bear that I've been talking about this whole time. You mean running from no, the I'm bear? No, I'm going to battle the bear. Losing I'm going to win, running from the and bear. I'm going to wear the bear skin for every episode. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. Maybe the bear will come and co-host with me wearing a U-skin. Probably. That is the more yes. likely of the two outcomes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, as I said, I'm going to be gone as of tomorrow... So you are going to have to do the This Week at Gearbox, but uh, yes, I'm indeed. sure you're going to do a fantastic job and let everybody know all the beautiful tidbits that come out. Absolutely, I will, and that's coming up right now. So This Week in Gearbox, we've got uh, two shift codes they dropped, one for an epic loot pack in Battleborn and one for five golden keys in Borderlands 2. So check out the show notes for those, or you can check out, you know, the Battleborn and Borderlands Twitter accounts. Go grab those up. So then on to the battle plan for this week. Uh, one of their big announcements is they're going to be starting up a new video series with, uh, let's see, Nikki from Stealth Shampoo called Battleborn Breakdown. And that's going to feature Nikki, some Battleborn developers, some streamers, some community members, all kinds of good stuff. And what they'll be doing is they'll be taking people's submitted gameplay videos and kind of breaking them down, analyzing them, you know, seeing what worked, what didn't, all that kind of good stuff. Strategy-type videos, helping everybody up their game. So that, that sounds like a lot of fun. So another thing they announced was the summer skins that dropped a couple weeks ago are now going to be put into a bundle, and you'll be able to save a little bit of platinum on those if you buy the bundle versus buying them all separately. That sounds pretty cool. I'm a little bit bummed because just yesterday, before they announced this, I bought Cleese's summer skin. So if I would have just waited, I would have been able to save a little bit. But, hey, what can you do? Then they announced some hot fixes. One of the major ones I'm really happy about is that slow debuffs, they no longer slow your attack speed. So if you run into an enemy accelerator and it slows you down, you're not going to be also super slow with your gun or your sword or whatever it is. That's something I'm kind of excited about because when I'm chasing someone as Reyna and I get slowed and I can't even shoot whoever it is with my laser pistol with, you know, any kind of frequency and they just... Run around the corner and get away. Pretty irritating. I, I saw some some comments in the uh, in the thread about the battle plan, saying that they were upset. But obviously, we'll we'll have a whole week to play with it. Uh, Eric and I will be able to give you our opinions on that next week. Another thing they did was they fixed a couple achievements and trophies that weren't triggering correctly, and also Toby's force field apparently used to be immune to the Sentry's tower blast attack. 
Uh, I never really experienced that myself because whenever I've been Toby, I just get totally murdered because I'm not very good with Toby. But for all you Tobys out there, you'll have to be a little bit more careful around the sentries. Another thing they announced, which I am super happy about, and it's one of the very big things they announced this week, is that they're permanently increasing the amount of character XP that you get. Uh, I, they said they've you know been watching the character XP people have been getting in the double XP weekends versus the normal weekends, and they decided it was just better to bump that up. I'm definitely excited about that because once you get past level 10, it's really hard to to level up to 15 in any effective way just kind of a grind so i think this will help people out a lot on that end so the last thing they announced is a gameplay stream for Ernest, which i think is pretty exciting that's going to be next thursday august 18th at 6 p.m eastern 3 p.m pacific which is also when we record the podcast but hey that's okay now i'm pretty excited about this because they just showed us his concept art two weeks ago and now we're going to be able to see him in action, his abilities, his helix, all that good stuff. Now this stream's going to feature creative director Randy Varnell, community manager Joe King, and character designer Jet Serrett. So they said they're going to be answering a lot of questions from chat. Obviously we'll be seeing all kinds of gameplay, seeing what his abilities are. They said, hey, stick around because you never know what'll happen. So I'm guessing they'll probably be dropping some shift codes or having some special guests, maybe... I mean, heck, maybe they'll drop the concept art for the next Battleborn or a sneak preview of some story mode or something. You guys will have to check it out. We'll obviously definitely check it out. Now, last but not least, for us anyway, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that Gearbox, in their community spotlight section, decided to feature us, Third Shift, the podcast you're listening to right now. So I know I can speak for every single member of the crew, and Eric would echo these words if he were here during this recording right now. Um, just saying that we are, we're humbled and thankful and so honored that Gearbox decided to feature us and show us off to the world. So thank you to everybody out there. Thank you to everyone who's been listening from the start and welcome to any new viewers. Hey, get off my echo lady. I only let you co-host as a one-time deal. And so for our topic this week, uh, we noticed a few days ago a post on the Gearbox official forums from a user called Geonessery, which I may or may not be pronouncing correctly. Uh, and this user started a topic asking, what co-op modes would keep people interested outside of PvP? Uh, in that post, he or she listed a couple of, you know, kind of the standards, kind of like a, a survival mode, kind of like the waves that we, we see in Battleborn right now. He or she also listed a score attack mode where you just try and earn as many points as possible in whatever amount of time. One of the more interesting topics was a maze slash obstacle course. I'm guessing kind of like what we had in uh, the Sentinel story mission where there's spinning blades and chompers and things that push you off along with enemies to kill, all that kind of good stuff. So I thought we'd talk kind of a little bit about that, kind of other modes that uh, we thought would be interesting to add to Battleborn. Well, to start things off, I wanted to kind of uh, expand on that idea of the maze or obstacle course. I had it in my brain when I read that what the Sentinel, like you were saying, would be a perfect. You'd have maybe, to make it more interesting, say, listen, the two teams, all right, same obstacle course, and so... Mm-hmm. You start off, you're going through this thing, going through spikes, the the mount, the lava, whatever, you know, put together some crap here, and you're racing mm-hmm. to the end. Now, whatever team gets to the end first gets a shot at the boss. The losing team okay. 
has to assume the role of the boss's helpers. So they'll get turrets nice. or they'll go into some kind of little thing where they help try to kill the winning team. So that way the losing team has something to do and they get points, but they mm-hmm. won't get a legendary or anything like that at the end. Whereas the winning mm-hmm. team, if they succeed, have a chance at like a legendary. So you got two teams competing through an obstacle course. At the end, there's a competition and then a winning team gets a chance at some really epic loot, the losing team gets a chance to stop them one last time and mm-hmm. get like a, a side victory. I don't know. Maybe make it so if they do thwart the winning team, they can, you know, get some kind of extra bonus loot. Yeah, I really like that idea. The uh, the end bit there where the losing team gets to kind of like play the bots and set up defenses for the boss reminds me of uh, the versus mode in the Left 4 Dead series where, you know, you would be a specialty zombie taking on the survivors who had all the guns and all that stuff. I really think that'd be a cool idea because you'd get your challenge mode, your PVE section, and then you would get like a little taste of like what it's like to do PVP without, you know, the stress of, oh, it's a five on five match. And if I'm, you know, if I'm no good, then, you know, I'm letting every, all these strangers down. It would be a nice way to kind of get, get your toes wet in that and see if that's something you're interested in, something you like, and then kind of maybe get, some of the people who only play story mode to kind of dip their feet in the PvP waters a little yeah, bit. because it'd be in the spirit of PvP going against another team, but you're not actually fighting the other player, per se. Mm, right, and, of right. course, he was bringing up the survival. Everybody knows survival. Um, that sounds fun, yeah. but I don't think there's too much to expand on that. I don't know if you've got any crazy ideas for it. but Not really. I mean, we basically have a survival mode in a lot of the story missions anyway, like uh, the saboteur. There's waves all over that. I mean, if you want to play a wave-based survival mode, you just boot up one of those missions, and that's going to be at least you know 75% of what you're doing in between you know running from there. I think the only way to kind of expand upon that would be if you just had a pure survival mode, then every, and I think someone brought this up in the topic too, every five or ten waves have an actual boss crash in or you know a, a pumped-up mini-boss to you know kind of, change it up a little bit and maybe even just take the uh, the defense point take that part out for the boss round the boss section that way you don't you know he doesn't get in on the point and then just completely wreck it and kind of ruin everybody's day uh-huh. yeah it might work so another another one that's i mean it's kind of a standard but i think it's standard for a good reason would be i think just a a boss rush mode basically the second half of heliophage where you're just going up against I mean, you could randomize it, just, hey, whatever boss in, you know, whatever arena. But I think it would be cool to have, you know, if you have a boss rush mode, have a a specific progression of bosses so that you can really rack up your boss rush mode score against, you know, your team score against your buddy's team score or whoever's random on the leaderboard. Because you know exactly the order that the bosses are coming in, you can specialize teams, you know, to kind of... What you're saying is, would you get like a break in between each boss and maybe be able to pick another player like within a certain 15, 20 second queue? So that way, after every single boss, you can basically be like, all right, we know it's going to be a pterodactyl this time. We got to get some range DPS in there, et cetera, et cetera. Actually, that wasn't what I was thinking, but that is actually a way better idea that, you know, you're going to specialize your team for this boss, then you're going to switch up, like you said. It's he's going to be raining damage from far, so all the melee guys get out. Everybody get your guns out. You know all that good stuff. Yeah, because then after every single round, boom, it's getting you different players, different players, different players. So by the mm. end of this sucker, not only 
or is it impressive because you're able to play all these different characters and succeed in yeah. this? You'll also be able to learn if you don't know how to play them already because you're not going to go and progress very far without doing so. That's one of my big focuses in this game is playing all the different characters, getting that whole variety in there. And again, this would be another kind of, you know, mostly low pressure way to do that without getting stuck in, you know, a, like we've said, a 30 to 45 minute story. You can go in, do the boss rush. We're going to I'm going to try this round with Miko because I know we need some healing. I never played him or it before, but, you know, I'm going to give it a shot. And that's a way to get experience and learn all those different characters. Yeah, kind of uh, expand upon that. Uh, I thought a boss mode, just in general, would be pretty awesome. Instead of being just a normal boss mode where you're going against the obviously given bosses, you can have them and create new ones, whatever, but the unique point would be that the environments drastically change per boss fight, and then you put in some kind of random factor, too, every time you go in, so that way the same experience may happen eventually, but it won't always happen. So say one level is going to be uh, rotating platforms with lava underneath and you're fighting Geoff or whatever, you know, and then the next time you're going to be getting boulders coming across the rooms and you're fighting one of the other bosses. But on another playthrough, it might be Geoff with boulders in the room, etc. So it's a unique play almost every time and that also gives you a new spin on all these different bosses. Yeah, I definitely like that idea because even... Even just, you know, the second half of Heliophage, when you have those different bosses in there versus, hey, they're just in a pit, just run in and shoot them. Now you have the little jump pads taken to the, to the little islands. Oh, you managed to knock the boss off the cliff, and now he respawned way over there, so you got to get through there while dodging all his attacks, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I, I definitely think level modifiers plus, I mean, you could even go super crazy with it and do what we've seen in a lot of, you know, Horde mode or all these other type of modes in different games is just have modifiers for the boss rush again someone mentioned this in the topic but have lower gravity have you know increased boss damage increased player damage you know all you know make it harder make it easier make it just crazy different you know like instead of boulders rolling across the room now they're bouncing because the gravity's crazy low and you're trying to avoid them in midair all that kind of crazy stuff heck put it all together modifiers and mm. unique platforms in which to fight them Boom, done, epic. Make it nuts. Exactly. Just, absolutely. <laughs> I was also thinking, they've already right now in story mode, as we've discussed, have the different platforms, uh, spikes coming down sometimes. Uh, they've even a little mm. bit got it where two players need to stand on a platform and a player or two need to jump up to some other area and open a door yep. while the other player defends you know, the robot, the sentry, or whatever. In the coming storylines, they should definitely expand upon that and make that even, even more of a thing. Give every player a task or a mission. So yeah. say in one mission, two players are going to have to go left and they're going to have to go and push these boulders off of some hill or something and smash these doors or platforms open and the other two or three players can't go until they do that. So if they fail in their objective, and meanwhile they're being attacked by birds or some other kind of creature that's flying around just being pesky and annoying, and then on the ground those guys, like they already have, are fighting off waves of enemies or something, and they get exponentially worse to the point where if they're taking too long, you're going to die. 
And once you die, now you mm. got to try to either A, one man do that part, and then send the other back to fight the waves off, which is impossible, so your team wipes. Mm. Basically, it gives everybody a responsibility, something to do. It just increases that tension and makes for a much yeah. better, fast-paced, like just exciting round. So kind of, kind of more like, uh, almost like raid mechanics, where these guys have their roles, they, these guys have their roles, and if somebody fails in one of them, then we're in a really tight spot. Exactly. The only issue I could see with that is being with randoms. Uh, that might pose a problem, and people yeah. would get upset if uh, players aren't quite ready for that level of engagement, and they're trying them out. And mm. But the only way to do it is to go in and do it and learn. I mean, it would just require patience yeah. at first, and I think most people would catch on after time. Yeah, I definitely think so. And if you don't, you've got... And pe- people will tell you. Oh, they they'll might tell not be you. Very, that's for sure. Very polite about it. I just want to say you seem to really enjoy boulders because both of your suggestions have involved it. boulders rolling, pushing boulders, <laughs> boulders flying from the sky. The whole time I was everywhere. thinking about this, all I can think of is running on boulders or running away from boulders, like Indiana Jones. I <laughs> don't ask me, man. I. You're, you're battle-born Indiana right. Jones here, running away hey, from boulders. Hey, you know, well, they've given us all these jungle worlds, and what do you expect from me? What do you want from me? It's boulder time. <laughs> That's right. It's, it's boulder time. Uh, well, we've kind of talked a little bit about uh, a boss rush. Another idea I had was uh, kind of like a challenge mode where you and you, know, you could either do this just one on one or with a team. Maybe your team is stacked up against a group of just generate AI forces. I mean, you can, you can basically do this in a PvP match, you know, a, a private match. You don't have to structure it like a meltdown. Maybe they're just like on the opposite side of the actual stage or you build some kind of arena where those that ai team fights off you guys you both are building up turrets building accelerators all that kind of stuff but instead of being more you know minion based it's just like a free-for-all again this would be another way to learn different characters even you know just playing against them okay that's what galt does because he keeps laying down a trap and pulling me into it this is what Ombra does, and obviously these characters are grouped into these factions for a reason. You can kind of see maybe how they play off of each other. If you're not comfortable playing them on your own in a PvP match, you know you can see how they work together in this AI match, and and you and your buddies can kind of work out counters for each of these specific teams. You know, we know we're going up against peacekeepers, so we got to have somebody who can take out a Galilea, who can take out a Galt, who works well with that. It's a, a nice little way to experiment without, again, the the stress or the aggravation of going up against actual players. And I think you touched on that because it kind of exists in the private mode. I mean, you can set it to AI kind of, and you yeah. face, you know, go up a team against friends or whatever. But I I would like it to be expanded, like you said. Maybe make mm-hmm. it more detailed so you can pick... Uh, the players you're going up against, you can pick their difficulty levels. So you can, if you're not familiar yeah. with PvP, you can start off real low just so you can warm up, understand where these turrets are, these things are, and what that character does mm-hmm. with its skills, his or her skills, not its skills, but and uh, yeah. and then ramp it up. Uh, like Smash Brothers, they have you know set the AI one through nine or whatever, and nine mm-hmm. being the hardest, one being the easiest. And that would just allow players to kind of dip their feet in without the the pressure of failing their team or screwing up. Exactly. Making exactly. everybody angry. Sound like some pretty cool ideas. You got any more on there? Not so much co-op ideas. I thought of a lot of ideas that I thought would be fun, kind of just like solo when, you know, you, the rest of your team's not on. You don't want to 
play a PvP match with a whole bunch of randos. So for ranged characters, you could have them, you know, standing behind the desk, kind of standard style while the targets moved back and forth, zoomed in and out, flipped back and forth. It'd be a good way to, to understand how characters like Benedict, like how their projectiles move. Because if you, if you remember, you know, again, kind of referencing the Perfect Dark shooting gallery, it was a way to get a grasp of those weapons like the rocket launchers. Okay, this is how far it flies. This is how fast it goes. If you haven't played Benedict before, you kind of know how he feels. Even a character like Whiskey Foxtrot, if you know how fast the targets are turning back and forth and you can stick the sticky grenade on it, and then when it turns its back to you, it blows up, it would kind of give you a better understanding of the attacks, the abilities, all that kind of stuff. Well, perfect example right now is I've been rocking Gold out, loving him, but that dang hook, I can't seem to gauge the distance properly, especially before I get the uh, extended hook. Mm-hmm. And so I can't tell you how many times I think I have someone dead to rights and I'm throwing it out there and it breaks before it gets to them because, well, the range yeah. isn't there. That would allow me to go in there and step by step figure out exactly how far I can cast that thing out and actually grab somebody uh, without mm-hmm. looking like a fool on the battlefield and, you know, getting rocked. Yeah. Obviously that would be good for ranged characters. I was thinking for melee, kind of do like a, uh, kind of like a Hogan's Alley thing where you're running through, you know, it could just be like a peacekeeper training ground or something. And you have little targets popping up from like behind a bush or out from behind a corner, trying to maximize your speed and your score as you're going through destroying these targets. Just another kind of fun solo thing to do while all your buddies are offline. Yeah. And while we're on that, I was also thinking something that'd be great to add in, and it can be co-op or it can be single, so it, it ties in, is something that doesn't last 30 minutes. Sometimes I really just don't have 30 mm-hmm. solid minutes, or might not. I have kids, so sometimes it's Russian roulette when I'm on. It'd be nice if there right. were shorter 10, 15-minute quests. It doesn't have to be a ton of them. Or just a couple, something I can pop on and do. I know there's capture right now, but capture can be very frustrating. So this would yeah. be something you can do alone or with a buddy or two if they happen to be on. Like, hey, we got 15 minutes. Let's go to the, a mini story, and just take yeah. the rewards. You know, scale them down to an acceptable level for a 15, 10, 15 minute match or whatever. So something mm-hmm. like that. Nothing special, but I think that would add greatly to the game because it's just a quick in quick out yeah i definitely think something like that would work i think you could even just do that with like you could chop up the sentinel into three distinct chunks this is the part from the opening to the first boss this is the part from the first boss to the second boss while being that small chunk of gameplay you get to run around you get to kill a few enemies you get to kill a boss and it's just wham bam thank you yeah in and out and on your way uh, just one more small uh, solo uh, solo mode idea, kind of going off of the obstacle course slash uh, maze mode, would be for really mobile characters, I, I'm especially thinking of Benedict, like some kind of, not so much combat base, but just like a platforming level where you're flying around as Benedict on top of these spires or whatever th- across this pit of lava or spikes or maybe a big path of boulders because i know you love the boulders so much but you know some kind of stage where you get to practice his specific mechanic because uh, obviously he's the only one who has an actual flight mechanic 
just something that would help you practice that unique mechanic because no one else flies. And again, if you pick Benedict or he comes up as your random selection in PvP and you don't know how to use him, everybody's going to be mad at you. So it'd just be, you know, another quick little, you know, time attack, how fast can you get through this or fly around and shoot the targets, something like that. So basically what it sounds like is we just want to add a whole training section into the game where you can go in and do all sorts of stuff. I think it would be not necessary, but I definitely think it would be pretty fun. It would help you get, like I said, get your hands on everybody's weapons, everybody's abilities without any kind of pressure. I agree. Sounds like a blast. All right, well, I think that finishes up the topic of the week. So I'm going to have Matt go ahead and kick us off into that wonderful mailbag. Yes, indeed. Let's see what we got here. Our first question comes from Sean on Twitter. He asks, are you guys focusing on using the characters one at a time, or do you jump between all characters all the time? Oh, well, for me, I do one at a time. I don't like to jump around because I'm a little slow when it comes to learning. Uh, So if I just pop in, do random, and do random and random, I'm going to suck over and over and over again. I do much better if I give myself time to play on each character, which going from rank 1 to 15, that definitely does. Uh, And then by the end of it, I feel like I have a good handle on that character, and then I can make an educated decision whether I'm going to stick with them or let them fall to the wayside for now. Yeah, I definitely started off the same way you did. I uh, started off with Oscar Mike, went from 1 to 15 with him, went to Reyna, went, went from 1 to 15 with her. So it takes a lot of time to build those characters from 1 to 15. And what I was doing you know, after that was I was waiting to see what all the rest of the team picked and then pick you know, a, whatever we needed. If nobody picked a tank, I'd be a tank. If no one picked a healer, I'd be a healer. But I found when I was doing that that nobody picks tanks and nobody picks healers, so I was always a tank or a healer. And I found myself just sticking with, okay, well, this is kind of my tank. This is the healer that I'm best with. So I found myself sticking with certain characters over and over. So what I've been doing lately is for the first part of the night or day or whenever we're playing, I've just been picking random. Before you know, a lot of people lock in, I'll be random and, hey, I'm Atticus now, so you know I'm going to learn how to play Atticus, and I've played him a a lot more than I would have otherwise, and so it's really been helping me spread around my game and helping me perfect the loadouts that I wouldn't normally have. Like, I've got a Thorn loadout now, because I seem to get Thorn fairly regularly on random, and she's not a character I would have played otherwise. Yeah, I think overall it's probably the better way to go, just because it allows you time to learn all the characters, what their abilities are, how to go up against them. Mm -hmm. So when you're going ahead and just randomly picking people like that, it gets your skill level up quite a bit. And even if you don't like that character, you perform poorly, you know what they do. And then in theory, when you go back to a character you do enjoy, you can say, okay, well, I know what they do. I know what the ranges are on those attacks. And you can counter them or at least stay away from them if you know it's something you can't take care of yourself. Yeah, and it definitely gives you a better feel of what they're able to do. So you can tell... Not to sound cocky about this, but you can definitely tell when you're facing like a good Benedict versus a bad Benedict. Because like that Benedict we played against the other night who was just, he was always there. And then as soon as you looked at him, poof, he's gone. And then he was right back. And then he was gone. Which is what he should be doing because he can fly. Why not? Once you know what he's able to do, when you see people doing it well or poorly, you can kind of have a better gauge of what to do against him. 
that kind of thing. Yeah, I agree. So take it for what it is. You can either stick to one character at a time and get really good with the said character, maybe do some side mm. research on the other characters, or go with Matt's approach and just play with them all. Learn them all a little bit at a time and give yourself a better understanding of who you're good with, who you're bad with, and what to do when you're up against all of them. Yeah, definitely. And uh, let's see, another question here. Out of the mailbag. This one comes from James on Facebook. He asks, so if you got complete control and could name your next child any video game name, what would it be? Personally, I would go with Yuffie. And then we got a response from Ashley on Facebook to this question saying that she would pick Sora. Hmm. Uh, Well, originally, I was hoping to have a boy, and Vincent was one of the names I was going with, and that was a character, as many of you know, from Final Fantasy VII. Beyond that, I can't think of any other video game characters that I enjoyed so much that I would name my child after one. Yeah, when I first read this question, I had to laugh because it took me back to when I was, I think, 15 or 16 and first picked up Xenogears, was playing through it, and uh, there's a character there, Hammer, who is like, he's like an animal guy. And when he's first introduced to you, his his name in the text box is Beastoid Man. So I'd always laugh and be like, that is what I'm going to name my son. His name is going to be Beastoid Man, and it's going to be hilarious. That's a solid name. I think you should stick to that's, it. That's a perfect name. He he would probably really like boulders, too. So you yeah, know. He, he would probably really like you when he got older and in middle school and high school, too. But yeah, I just thought that sounded awesome. It was always kind of my inside joke to myself and whoever asked me that kind of question. Oh, what's your son going to be named? Oh, he's going to be named Beastoid Man. But on a more serious note, a couple years ago I got into a YouTube series called Classic Game Room, and on that show Mark reviewed a an old game called Truxton. It's an old vertical scrolling shooter for arcade and Sega Genesis. And for whatever reason, that name... That title just stuck with me, stuck in my head. And yeah, the more I thought about it, the more I thought, you know, that would be an awesome middle name, you know, for a kid. Maybe not his first name, because people would be like, what the heck is that? But, you know, I would name my son Matthew Truxton Barnhart. It's just interesting, kind of cool sounding. I don't know. I always liked it. So that's probably the, the one that I would go with. And so basically, what you're trying to tell me is you're going to model your future son off Sylvester Stallone in that movie where he goes around in his semi-truck and he's got his little freaking arm all pumped up. Oh, yeah. What's that movie? Come on. That's over the top. Yeah, there you go. It's like a switch. switch. I just made the turn your hat backwards (laughs) motion, just uh, so Uh you all know. uh Yeah, there you go. (laughs) But yeah, I thought... I thought Truxton would be a good middle name, and then as your parents, you could just call him by his middle name, and it would be it would be great. Cool, outstanding. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Mailbag is done for the week. Mailbag uh, is closed. We appreciate that feedback. Keep sending them to us, and we'll keep answering. That's going to wrap it up for us this week, boys and girls. We appreciate you guys taking a listen, and hope you spread the good word. We love your guys' support. And can't wait to uh, have another episode out for you next week. With that, Matt, could you plug us away? Absolutely. As always, you can find us on the web at thirdshift.me. If you've got any feedback for us, questions, comments, concerns, you can email those to us at info at thirdshift.me. We're on Facebook under Third Shift. 
We're on Twitter as Third Shift Me. That's Third Shift M E. Uh, you can find us as Third Shift Me on pretty much all of our socials. And uh, as always, you can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podomatic, where we've always been. We upload to YouTube. Wherever you want us to be, that's where we're going to be. And if we're not anywhere that you need us to be, shoot us an email, let us know. Catch you guys next week. And with that, don't, don't forget, forget to, to save. save. Shut up and sit down.